0: You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the the smaller side studio today, I have Senator Jesse Keel. How are you doing today?
1: Doing well. Good morning, Jordan.
0: Good morning. Uh, Although that weather's certainly not been great. (laughs)
1: I don't see what's wrong with it. Liquid sunshine.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Now, I had a few things I want to talk to you about today, but I'm sure the first big one that's on everybody's mind is the budget. How is that looking from your perspective?
1: The budget's looking okay. Okay, it's uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna lock horns a little bit over some of the big pieces, but most of the budget is in reasonably good shape. Um, you know we uh, we have some a couple of very smart investments in the Senate version of that budget, um, including fifteen million dollars statewide for child care, and that is targeted at raising wages for child care workers which are right now uh, several dollars an hour below where they were during the pandemic in a time when nobody can hire. <laughs> so we have childcare uh, businesses closing around the state because they just cannot find any people. Uh, and, and that is an everybody issue, right? It's a parent issue. Uh, it is a, a business issue. You, if your people don't have any uh, good place for their children, they can't come to work. Um, it's a military issue. Believe it or not, we've got, uh, we've got folks with stars on their shoulders talking to us about child care uh, because their military families <laughs> need need good, safe, educational places for their kids, um, and, and we don't have them right now. So uh, that is a very smart, targeted investment that we put in on the Senate side. Um, by and large, Jordan, the, the budget is, is pretty flat. It's pretty status quo. Um, there aren't a lot of these targeted bumps. The other couple that come to mind, of course, are education. We continue to work on a bill to raise the base student allocation for a durable increase. We have a backstop. In case we can't succeed, there are some folks, especially some of the leadership in the House, who are pretty hesitant to do that. Um, We have uh, about, I think it's about $175 million in the Senate version of the budget. It's the equivalent of $680 on the base student allocation. Schools statewide need that desperately. All their fixed costs have gone up. Um, they can't keep and hire teachers or classroom aides or janitors. Um, the the cost of running school buses is up. So we, we have to meet. That's a constitutional duty, public education. It's in the Alaska Constitution. Um, and then um, – Just a a couple of other very small things. I chaired the Senate's um, subcommittee that wrote the Department of Corrections budget. And in addition to making sure that we had what we need for the men and women who walk that dangerous beat and take care of that piece of public safety, um, I put in two small additions. One is Lemon Creek Correctional Center has some major structural issues. They are working on them right now. But we have very, very few inmates at Lemon Creek right now compared to usual. Those folks still have to get to court dates when it's time to release them. They get to be released uh, at home where they were arrested, right? Um, And so they need to move inmates more. So we have a temporary bump, not permanent, but a temporary bump in inmate transportation for Lemon Creek to make sure that we don't have to take that money out of running the institutions around the state. Um, And we have an added million dollars for reentry coalitions around the state, and it's geared toward housing. And that's just because when someone comes out of one of those institutions and they're walking down the road and they don't have a place to sleep that night and they don't have a job waiting for them or lined up, right, it, it, immediately the fear kicks in and the need to get a buck kicks in and maybe the need to dull that fear and pain kicks in. And now we have reoffense immediately. We have new crimes. We have new victims. Those re-entry coalitions do phenomenal work getting those people who are coming out, and they're all coming out, right, um, geared for success. And success means they support themselves. They're not creating new victims, right? They're living decent lives. Everybody comes ahead. So um, there's a few other things in the budget, but those are the pieces I really wanted to let folks in our area know. I'm working on as the budget is getting ready to clear the Senate, and then it'll go over to the House, they'll we have a little dance we do where they say we don't agree and we say, Well, we won't take it back and, and then we have a conference committee, right? And that's really where the differences between the House version of the budget and the Senate version of the budget get worked out.
0: Okay. You know, I was gonna say I remember seeing some of the early versions of the of the Senate budget and there because I know a big part of it was because when you when the Senate received the budget from the House, there's a pretty large deficit originally. And I believe that was about $590 million, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: You're in the neighborhood. I usually just say about $600 million. And, and, of course, Jordan, the big issue there, and it's no surprise, it's been the big issue for years and years now, the House takes that sustainable draw on the permanent fund and splits it 50-50 between the services Alaskans need from state government and dividend checks. When you do that... Um, you need to come up this year with about another 880 maybe $900 million. That's tough, right? Especially if you want to try and fund public education. Um, and that, um, that House version of the budget uh, pointed for public education funding for the increase to a fund source they can't use. They don't have the votes. So while they have a, the same number to increase school funding, it's unfunded. Right now, we're going to work that out. Right, we I think everybody agrees that schools need a bump, but when you say the house is 600 million short, if you if you fund their education piece, it's a lot more than that. And what that comes down to is um, the house has a 50 50 dividend and they're short, yeah, eight nine hundred million dollars. The senate has a 75 25 dividend. And we are effectively balanced, right? I could tell you there's a $90 million surplus, but, you know, that's if the price of oil over the coming year doesn't drop by 75 or – or no, $1.75.
0: It's balanced, right? Right. And that was sort of what caught my attention is with – because unlike you said, there's going to be that dance of going back and forth. It also raises the question of does it seem like we're going to finish the session on time?
1: We can. um, and, and, And it's getting tight. Right, we are we are under three weeks left, um, and and usually you know the the house was a little delayed in its budget process, but but not badly. Um, we are working on you know the the senate just passed a rewrite bill for the PFD formula over to the house, and it's a seventy five twenty five. And if we raise the revenue over the next several years, it can go up to a fifty fifty, but you got to have the revenue to pay for it, right? pay for state services and a fifty-fifty 50 PFD. Um, and, and we'll see what the House does with that. Obviously, it would be good if what we're doing in the budget and what we do in the law matches. We're in this position now where we have this 40-year-old dividend formula. And if we followed it, we would be billions in the hole, right? So we need to change the law. If we can't afford to follow it, it's up to us to change it. The Senate just voted yesterday to do that. That bill goes to the House um, and and— That issue works through that bill. It works through the budget because you have to appropriate the money. Um, And I know there are a few people out there who still think the permanent fund dividend is something different than government programs that take public money. But it's a government program, it takes public money. It is an important government program. I voted for that bill yesterday to go to a 75-25 split because that would provide a PFD, about 1,300 this year that Alaskans could afford, that Alaskans can count on, right? Not getting yanked around, left, right, up, down, who knows what it is next year, this year. A fairly stable, gradually growing, keeping up with inflation, about 1300 this year and moving forward. Alaskans should know that check is going to come so that you can save it for your kids' college, so that you can pay your fuel bill, so that you can, whatever it is you do with it, you know it's going to be there.
0: Gotcha. And uh, now I'm actually reminded of, I remember uh, listening to one of our other programs and someone had basically just said, why don't we just liquidate the PFD? And it's like, that's not very practical. And you're pointing out all, a couple of the good reasons why, because we need that helps, you know, prepare students for college. And you know, that's what I did with a good chunk of my PFD growing up was I would take some of that and being a child, I would go get things that I would like to go get, but the majority of that I would then save for school. And so that was very helpful by the time I got to, to start college because I had that money set aside.
1: And, and every family is going to do that differently. But the thing about that, that permanent fund is it was created, the voters of Alaska passed a constitutional amendment to take a little sliver of the oil money, which you no know, oil money doesn't last. It hasn't anywhere ever that oil's been, been discovered and developed, right? Fields ramp up, they ramp down. Um, and turn a piece of that, those oil wells, the money from those oil wells, into a permanent money well. If we didn't have that permanent fund spinning off earnings, That's about $3.5 billion a year, every year, taking care of inflation itself, right, gradually growing, that we wouldn't have coming in. And whether we put out $850 million of that in PFD checks or more, the rest of that is money that's not taxes to pay for schools, to pay for prisons, troopers, ferries, you name it. So that that was a brilliant masterstroke about 40-some years ago And without it, Alaska would be in serious – it wouldn't look like the state we have today. We would be in serious financial trouble without those literally billions of dollars.
0: Gotcha. we are going to have to take our break. When we come back, I will have more questions for you. One of them is about one of the bills you are a co-sponsor on. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis. Joining me in this small studio today, I still have Senator Jesse Keel. Now, in the first half, we talked a lot about the budget. But what I want to talk to you about right now is actually, uh, I think it's HB108 is what I have written down. I think I actually went Senate Senate Bill 108. I was very tired when I wrote that note. (laughs) But so what can you talk to me a bit about that? Because I understand that you're a co-sponsor on that bill.
1: Yeah. Senate Bill 108, uh, the prime sponsor Senator Kawasaki out of Fairbanks. And that's an equal rights bill. And it's a, a very smart and a very elegant approach. It takes Alaska's existing non-discrimination laws, right? So when it comes to housing, you can't base your decisions about whether to sell or rent to somebody on their sex, on their marital status, on their race, um, and so forth. And the same with uh, employment, whether that's hiring, firing, raises, demotions, promotions, um, with credit, um, things like that. It's just a you got to make the decisions on the merits bill, right? Not on somebody's unchangeable personal characteristics. And what it does is it looks at the United States Supreme Court a couple years ago, where one of the most conservative Most textualist, farthest right justices, Neil Gorsuch, wrote the decision that the rest of the court joined, or almost all the rest of the court um, joined, in a case called Bostock v. Clayton County. And the name of the case doesn't matter. Here's what the Supreme Court said. They looked at the federal anti-discrimination law when it comes to work, when it comes to employment. And they said, discrimination on the basis of sex includes discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. And it was a fascinating uh, ruling because I, I read it, Jordan. And what Justice Gorsuch wrote was, if you would have hired a person who was male married to a woman, but you wouldn't hire a person who was female married to a woman, the sex of the person, the job applicant, is the only factor. It is what they call a but-for cause of discrimination. So but-for-their-sex, you'd have hired them, well, then that's sex discrimination, right? And the same thing with gender identity. And, and, you know, I have disagreed with Justice Gorsuch when it comes to the rulings many times. But when you read this one, the logic was just rock solid all the way through it. Love it, hate it. He lined it right out. I mean, it it means what it means. And so— We have an attorney general in our state uh, right now who told the State Human Rights Commission, okay, okay, Justice Gorsuch and the U.S. Supreme Court's logic makes great sense, but they only applied the logic to employment. And even though there's nothing wrong with the logic, just don't use it for anything else where we bar discrimination on the basis of sex. And if that doesn't make any sense to you, if you're shaking your head going, wait, wait, the logic works or it doesn't work. The words mean what they mean or the words don't mean what they mean. um, I'm right there with you. I don't get it. And so what Senator Kawasaki's bill does is says, okay, look, if we have to say it explicitly, we'll say it explicitly. The words here, they mean what they mean in all these categories. Discrimination on the basis of sex means discrimination on the basis of sex. And the whole point, the whole reason this is a fight People ought to be able to get hired and fired and promoted and demoted and get raises or pay doc based on how well they do the job and whether they show up on time and meet their goals, right? That's what that's about. Not who you love, not who you marry, not who you, you know, uh, the color of your skin, none of it. When it comes to renting and being able to stay in or, or, or buy a house or whatever, do you pay the bill on time, do you trash the place? Yes, no. Did you trash your last place? Yes, no, right? Did you treat it right? That, th- those are the factors, right? Do you have an income? No? Well, <laughs> maybe I'm not going to rent to you. That's fine. That's fine. But, you know, uh, this other stuff has got nothing to do with it. And so that's what Alaska law has said for a long time. It hasn't been enforced that way. Senate Bill 108 says, fair shot. Do it on the merits, not on this other stuff.
0: Gotcha. You know, I think I listened into uh, the House bill equivalent of this same topic, and hearing some of the points that were raised there was quite interesting. And I think it's interesting even to know just the number of these sorts of bills that we have coming out in the legislature overall even. You have, obviously, you have this bill. You have, uh, there's HB 105 over in the House. There's HB 99. I mean, And there's there's quite a number of bills on both sides of the legislature that are all about discrimination or on the basis of, of sex and I think that that's quite interesting what are so I want to get kind of get your thoughts on that
1: well um, you know these are these are hot button issues for some folks um, and and there are folks who who um, obviously take take a position in in other directions <clears throat> I, I think you know we do better as a society when people have an opportunity to succeed and when people um, have the basic respect um, to to be full members of our society we we don't do better if anybody's held back artificially and so um, th- unfortunately these issues um, people people really like to, to argue about um, and and there's so much work to do um, so unfortunately drama makes makes for good TV it makes for good radio it makes for good newspaper coverage Um you know flash and splash and fights get a lot of coverage. In the meantime, people are living their lives. People are trying to succeed. Kids are going to school, they're trying to learn. They're trying to make friends and do the things they they need to do as they grow up, right? That's hard enough. I, I'm not sure the government needs to to get deeply involved in 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 the trauma of being an adolescent, right? let's Let's teach them uh, the things they need to learn. Let's, you know, give them the opportunity to do healthy things like sports and activities and, and, you know, give every kid a shot because they're going to be grown ups tomorrow or next month or next year and, and they need a shot and they need some skills because we just talked about prisons earlier in the show, Jordan, right? We, people without skills have an awful tendency to get into trouble and end up making the victim out of somebody. And then and, well, there we go, right? And these things cascade. Just give people a shot, you know, on the merits and and let's move forward. We've got budgets to balance. We got to figure out how to fix our ferry system. We got all kinds of challenges, right? Let's focus on those. Uh, you know, the the joke is uh, somebody ought to run for office with a a hat, um, pick your color with white letters on it, says make government boring again, right? Sometimes the work that we do is like watching the paint dry on the wall, and maybe we can blow on it a little bit, <laughs> try and speed it up. But the simple fact is we've got things we have to accomplish. And when we focus on splashy fights instead of getting the food stamp benefits out on time, right? When we focus on splashy fights instead of hiring mariners to run the ferries. When we focus on splashy fights instead of, hey, we pay a starting diesel mechanic at DOT who fixes all those snow plows like 23 bucks an hour. You know what they make at the mines? Half again, 150% that, right? And God bless the mines for it, but we got a problem keeping the trucks running. Let's fix problems so that we can serve Alaskans. So um, that's what I try and focus on um, and not the government figuring out who can discriminate on what and and, and any of that stuff.
0: Gotcha. Well, I don't see. Uh, d- well, obviously, I don't see any reason to disagree with you on those things. I'm also the news person, therefore, don't have opinions on things. But and I think you have a very good point there, where those are those 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 flashy things that get people's top attention. You know, it's the, it's the culture wars issues, and in and I would also, in truth, agree with you about the fact that like, but those should not be the things that you're having to focus on as the government. You should just be focusing on making sure things function and work and do what they're supposed to do. And then to repurpose an old patriotic saying, you know, America's supposed to be the land of opportunity, so don't put things in place that inhibit the opportunity aspect of it, you know. And so that's kind of always been my two cents on that. And so, like you said, you know, having a hat just make government boring, I feel like the only way to do that is really – is if those things are done and we can finally just put those to rest and not worry about those anymore, then we can get back to boring government where it's just me in my newsroom watching the process. and like, yep, it's, uh, it's another government day.
1: <laughs> there, there you go. So I've got a, a bill that'll get heard later this week that's about creating an address protection program for people who uh, have escaped a domestic violence or a stalking situation, they have had to pick up their lives and move, right? Give them the opportunity to protect their address so when they vote, they register a car, whatever it is, they're not revealing themselves to their stalker or their abuser, right? Little thing makes the world a difference to people, so they have an opportunity here in Alaska. I've got a resolution we call on the federal government to do a better job when it comes to preventing oil spills, especially in the most remote regions of our state, right? SeaPro does a pretty good job here in Southeast, but when you get out to remote Western Alaska, it, boy, there there isn't as much infrastructure there. There aren't as many ports. There aren't as many tugboats. So, so we need to work with the Coast Guard some, and I've got a resolution that, that works on some better ways, calls on them to do some stuff. That's getting a to hearing today. Um, I've got the bill dealing with PFAS foam and from firefighting, right? Let's do public safety and make sure that nobody has toxic drinking water, right? just Just basic stuff. Is it a little bit dull to some people? Sure, sure. Nobody gets all fired up about those things. But they make a difference. They make things better. That's the focus of the work day in and day out, right? Fixing that childcare problem, making sure the schools have the resources to do a good job. We're not going to go gold plate the, the doorknobs, right? We don't have the money for that. But making sure we can pay the teachers and the classroom aides, feed the kids who don't get fed at home, right? The things you got to do so you have a functioning education system. Um, and we got about two and a half weeks in the session left to do it.
0: So um, we'll keep at it. All right. Well, as always, power to you, Senator. like uh, Thank you for coming on. I think it's good that we had that lengthy conversation about kind of that aspect of it, because I feel like that was something that needed to be heard, you know? But, well, thanks, Jordan. I appreciate the chance. All righty. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY.